Please take a moment and join us as we journey into the life-changing Word of God, coming from the Bridge Network. This message will equip you with practical solutions for everyday living, resulting in an excellent and outstanding life. You're welcome to the Bridge Network. The Bridge Network. Experience the Kingdom. As a matter of fact, if you look at most companies, and look at most Nigerian videos, uh, produced by Don Jones. No, 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 let me use the Yoruba name. Produced by Femi Lawani. Uh, directed by Tokumbo Lawani. Prop handler. <laughs> Lawani Jr. We, 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 don't, we don't understand what it is to work together as teams. Amen? Because we don't think it's relevant. Yet you can't break scripture. The Bible says that one will put a thousand to flight. And two will put ten thousand. Amen? Uh, there was a particular experiment that was done many, many years ago about two horses. They were the winners of a fair. Each horse could pull, pull about, one horse would pull about 5,000 pounds weight and the other horse would pull about 4,800 pounds weight. And so that horse kept winning. And one day somebody said, let's try it out and see what would happen if we combine both horses to pull weights. And what would you expect? You would expect that the total weight that the horses would be able to pull would be 5,000, Abi, and 4,800. Am I right? But it was amazing. They both pulled 20,000, 22,000 in weight. They can't break scripture. You can't. We were never designed to walk alone. Amen? Amen? Why do you think God instituted marriage? The greatest team on the earth today is a marriage team that's working together in synergy. They become unstoppable. Amen? Amen? Amen. It's just that we, we kind of dread our differences. Praise the Lord. Uh, let me start from here. Uh, this is something I've said for 20 years now. People still don't believe me. We are the only organization that exists for its non-members. The church is the only organization that exists for people who are not in it. Now, this is the irony of it. The minute you join the church, you begin to exist for those who are outside the church. So it's, an own, it's a non-stop. It's not a process that's ever going to stop. We're the only organization that exists for its non-members. This is by uh, Rick Warren. Notes of these notes are by Rick Warren, um, this early notes. He says, the church is everywhere. There are villages that have little else, but they have churches. It's probably the most magnificent concept ever created by God. All right? Now, the church has been persecuted. It's gone through a lot of hell. Yet, despite its sinfulness, despite its faults and its weaknesses, it's God's chosen instrument for the last 2,000 years. We were trying to set up the bridge network, and I remember very clearly that uh, we couldn't get the government to, it wasn't actually called the bridge network, it was actually called the bridge. We couldn't get the government to register the bridge, and they kept returning our application. They kept saying, no, the name is not acceptable, not acceptable. And I remember Pastor Sami came to me one time with an interview by Rick Warren, and he said, do you know why the American government will never defeat terrorism? He says, because terrorism works on the concept of networks. If some of the cells, even though they are networked, they don't even know that they exist. They could be a network next door to another, but they don't know that they exist. That's the way this is structured. And he says, but government works with organized military. Therefore, it's difficult to defeat a network. So I said, the only thing that will defeat a network is another network. And it says, the greatest network on the face of the earth is the church. 
It has happened to me before. I have traveled out of the country. I arrived in a city. I know nobody, but I've walked up to somebody who's a Christian and said, listen, I'm a Christian. I need some help. And the minute you tell him you're a Christian, the doors just spring open. They become warm towards you. It's a network. And so the only thing, and immediately I said, wow, let's just add that to our name. So we became the Bridge Network. That's how we were born, for some of you who didn't know that. Amen? The church will last for eternity, but still the greatest force on the face of the earth. It's the only thing that will battle giants. It's the only thing that will battle whatever is happening right now. The challenge we're facing right now, and I'm, I'm reading a book right now called uh, The Future, I mean, about something about Quest. It, it says this, it says, because the church has neglected its duties, the likes of Bill Gates, Angelina Jolie, and all these people have been raised up to fight what we were supposed to fight. Poverty, ignorance, we don't do it anymore. Remember, most of us, if you go to America today, some of the leading hospitals in America are Christian hospitals. It was supposed to be our mandate, but suddenly we began to look inwards. We began to look at ourselves. We go and look at our banners. Everything we do is about us. It's always about us. And it's one of the saddest things that's happening to us today. As a matter of fact, I remember when I used to be in, 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 in a denomination, they'll tell you, for instance, you can't be helped by the church except you are a member of a unit or a member of a department. Now, who in Jesus' name did Jesus help? Who was a Christian? No. You have to be a worker. You have to bring a letter from your HOD before you are helped by the church. When we're supposed to exist to help people, amen? I know you're not happy with me now because I'm talking about you. Huh? But this concept of teamwork begins with God. He is the one who says, let us make man. Notice what he said. Let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. Let them. Notice what he says. He says, let us, which means they were a team. Are you here? Make man in our own image and according to our own likeness or like us. Are you here? But he didn't say let him. He says, let them, which also means that we were supposed to be a team. Have dominion, not over other men, but over the fish on the sea, over the birds in the earth, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let them, not let him. We like to have somebody, this chieftaincy thing. We like to have somebody that we think is wiser than us. Listen to me, I have made the greatest breakthroughs I've ever had in ministry and in life when I sit with people like Biotu, um, we sit in my house, we brainstorm. Ideas that come out are greater than the ideas I can singularly bring out. That's because that's the way God designed it. And anybody who tells you he doesn't need help is lying. Look at, what it, look at what it said in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? But notice what it says. Who will go for us? This is foreign to us. And you know the reason why we don't form teams? We are afraid of being cheated. Abby, I'm not going to make him a member of my board because when we break up, he's going to take my money. We are afraid. Now, what is happening to you at the end of the day? I remember when the first iPad came out. I was so excited about it, and I, and I got one. I mean, I, I used everything in my power to get one. Pastor Gandhi brought it for me from America. It was very interesting. And I was so excited about it. And immediately I bought it. I passed through a book. Somebody said, come, 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 come. As soon as your iPad comes, let us help you jailbreak it. 
And I thought, what is this jailbreak? He said, ah, you can't buy all these apps from America because, you know, we, they don't take Nigerian cars. And I, I said, well, what's the big deal? I had an American card, so there was no problem. He said, no, 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 you're going to cheat yourself. So they said they wanted to jailbreak my, my iPod for 5,000 naira. Are you, are you listening to me? 5,000 naira, which is okay. Okay, let's jailbreak it so we can get free apps. So we jailbroke it. So we broke it out of jail. And something very interesting happened was that, uh, well, we were getting free apps and so on and so forth. But I noticed that every time Apple upgraded, we had to take it back for jailbreaking. So the guy would come back and take another 5000 I said, but the apps are only 99 cents. They are $1. Who is cheating who? I don't know if you get my point. Throughout your life, you may not use 5000 naira worth of apps. But you are trying to cheat somebody out of what is rightfully his. And then you cheat yourself out. That's what happens to us in partnerships. What you are going to gain outweighs what you're going to, what you're going to lose. Who wants 100% of zero or half of 10 million? We are afraid of partnerships. We are afraid of working in teams. All right? Maxwell says one is too small in number for success. Teamwork is the heart of all great achievement. Teamwork. I'm trying to break this idea that I can do it by myself, out of your head. You can't even run your business by yourself. I'm lousy when it comes to numbers. I need an accountant. Because I'm not good with details. Am I making sense? It's all the Chinese proverb. Behind an able man, there's always the other able men. All right? It's not whether teams have value. The question is, are we going to acknowledge it and see our needs to become team players? Are we going to sit down and begin to ask ourselves, wait a minute, who can I work with? Or who will work with me to be able to succeed? Now, this is, this is so crucial because one is too small in number to achieve greatness. You cannot do anything of real value alone. Uh, listen, I, I don't know, you can, you can do whatever you like, but you're going to find out sooner or later that you can't do anything of real value alone. It's just going to be a rude awakening for you. All right? No matter if you check through history and find out some of the greatest successes. Now, if you've ever read, how many of you, are, I mean, I was so excited that Barack Obama was going back to his country. I don't know why things like that excite me. Uh, and very interestingly, LA Times put his first visit online. You know, where he came without security guards and everybody was hugging him. And they put him there sitting in the village carrying a bag and all that. And now they put the, beside it the picture of him coming in that beast of an of an equipment. That's a spectacular achievement, isn't it? Come on now. They haven't closed the door yet. You can still become successful like that. So don't be angry. But for me, what is interesting, if you read David Poof's book and you read other people's books, you find out that what made him president was teamwork. It wasn't him alone. He brought his own to the table. Don't misunderstand me. But the brains, the brilliant marketing strategies they employed how many of you knew that during, there, was a, there was the last election? Who was the person who was, he was, he was fighting? I mean, he was, um, he was, who was the opposition guy in the last election? Who remembers? What's the name of the guy who, who not McCain? Romney, Romney. During the elections, they, they had predicted that Romney will win. It was so, people were so, as a matter of fact, 
um, Obama says he even thought that Romney will win. What was very interesting, when the results started pouring in, the Romney team said the Obama people were winning votes in cities and in towns they didn't know existed. <laughs> that was how fantastic his network was. They said we had never heard of some of these local places. And how Obama got to those places, they never knew. It was all by teamwork. Lyndon Johnson, he says this, there are no problems we cannot solve together. I want you to underline that. There are no problems we cannot solve together. And very few we can solve by ourselves. Do you know at the end of the day, sometimes it's pride that stops you from asking for help. You don't want anybody to know. You don't want anybody to know you're having problems. You want to keep your superstar image. Are you here? I, I, I remember the, my wife and I are such opposites that the things that don't make me sleep make her sleep. And the things that make her sleep, <laughs> you know, the things that don't make her sleep, I sleep up easily. If she tells me about them. And if I tell her about what else, but she'll tell me, look, my friend, don't worry about that. It'll be okay. And she'll go to sleep. People have different capacities for solving problems. You just don't know. All right? Now, let, let, let's go a little bit spiritual in the next few minutes. All right? Let's go. There's a man who wrote this book called Jesus on Leadership. He observed that the power of teams are not only evident in today's business world, but has a deep history that is evident even in biblical times. Great teamwork makes things happen in organizations. And it causes more progress in organizations, more than skill, qualifications, and money. I told you about the two horses. Doing outdoing themselves. They were pulling more than each of them could pull, even if they could work separately. Whether it's in your family, in church, or in business, that's where I'm going this morning. We need to understand that we can't succeed, even in this church alone. We need you. And you too need to understand that you need a team around you. Now, this is a quote from a famous football manager. He says, it is easy to get good players. It is more difficult getting them to play together as a team. How many of you have ever seen those football matches where this guy gets the ball and he dribbles and dribbles? Pastor Ladner will tell us about that. He dribbles and dribbles everybody on the field. Doesn't pass. But what happens? The whole team, what? Fails. This concept of teamwork, I don't know why it's a foreign thing for us and why we don't embrace it more. Our culture is probably one of the greatest barriers to that. All right? The combined effective action of a group or a team to achieve a common goal. I'm going to come back to it in a minute. Teamwork means we share common ideal, embrace common goals, regardless of our differences, we strive shoulder to shoulder, confident in one another's faith, trust, and commitment. In the end, teamwork can be sought, summed up in five words. We believe in each other. In other words... Teamwork is the fuel that allows common people to produce uncommon results. What are we going to do about this? I remember we had, um, when we started, uh, I used to have meetings with my staff on Tuesdays, and I, I was complaining that we weren't getting enough bookings. And Uza, Uza, how many of you remember Uza? Uza said, Pastor, when you started, you put a big sign out on the road where you showed pictures of uh, 
of new streams of what's happening inside. And most people pass it, they don't know what this place is for. I immediately went and print, printed two signs, or four signs on the road where I wrote events. You saw it when you're driving it. And those signs alone have brought in business. Because people didn't know that events could take place here from Uza. He brought his own part of it. Amen? From his own observation. He helped us as a team. Teamwork is the foil that allows common people to produce uncommon results. Look at it. Let's go through the Bible and see. Even in the beginning, God said to Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. He says it's not good for man to be lonely. Mm-mm. He says it's not good for man to be alone. You know, it's very interesting is that the first thing God gave to Adam in the Bible was not a wife. It was work. He had to name the animals. You think he named them in one day? Now, how do you name an animal? If I asked you to name an animal, how would you name an animal? Would you just look at it and say, dog? Or would you look at what it does, observe what it does, observe what its habits are, and create a name that best captures it? Am I making sense? Are you here? Huh? Good. So this is the problem. The first thing God gave to him was work. And so God brought somebody alongside him to help him carry out the work. We need to understand that this idea of teamwork is not something that you can run away from. What about Noah and his family? If there's any family that has faith, it's Noah. You know why? Up till that time, it had not rained. I had not rained on the earth. Can you imagine telling your children, it's going to rain? And they say, what is rain? They say, I don't know. I got this master plan from heaven. I'm supposed to build this. There's a, there's a, there's a comedy version of this story uh, by, uh, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. One of those American actors. You know? I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful story. I mean, it, it's for me, it's like, you know, it, it was remarkable amount of, to, amount of faith, yet it was built by a family. God gave them a blueprint, and they built something by faith. Very interesting. A team. Moses. Moses. You know, yesterday I was reading a book, and the book said, we Christians are always afraid of partnering with unbelievers. He said, but when Jesus was turning water into wine, who carried the water and put it into the jars? Was it not unbelievers? It wasn't the disciples. When Moses needed counsel, where did he get it from? We, we tend to, you don't say you're not going to read any other book except it's a Christian, but that's your problem. Moses had a team of leaders around him. Jesus, how many of you know, had 12 disciples? Teamwork is not something we should run away from. As a matter of fact, can I say it's an indication of why we've had very little success. It's a very big indication of why. You know, have you ever wondered why the congas of this world spring up and they overshadow everybody or ShopRite? They show up and they overshadow. You don't know that ShopRite is a combination of teams. A bank comes, finances, a distributor comes, that, then the management firm comes in, sets up the shop. It's always a partnership. It's always teamwork that brings them together. 
But what they can do together is always more than when you want to form your own shop, Yabo and Enterprise. One little shop at the corner of Dubai. Paul and Silas, Barnabas and Mark, Gideon's 300, Nehemiah and those who built the wall. The best for me is the Tower of Babel. I know it's a negative story. But what was negative about the Tower of Babel was their purpose, not their strategy. Remember that. What was negative about the power of Babel was not their strategy. Their strategy was spot on. That God acknowledged that their strategy was spot on. But their motive was wrong. It says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass that they journeyed from the east and they found a plain in the land of Shina and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. That's where the problem started. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. That's what was wrong. Now, can you learn from something negative? Of course you can learn from something negative. Amen? I've noticed that women that have bad marriages are great teachers to help you have good marriages. That says, let older women teach younger women how to love their husbands. Why do we always think we must always have a great testimony? I successfully navigated my marriage. Nobody successfully navigated their marriage. We all just survived by grace of God. Amen? And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord himself said, indeed, the people are one they have one language and this what they begin to do now nothing they propose will be withheld from them remember what Lyndon Johnson said we can solve all our problems together I found this picture online something like that I doubt if it's accurate but it's interesting they were united in speech Action, thoughts, goals, and vision. I'm going to begin to close. We will never be united in methodology. We will never be united in doctrine. Its purpose will be united by. Um, let me skip that. I want to try and show you something. We have tried to get unity in methodology rather than unity in purpose and in destiny. And this is something that I think every time we want to do a program in church, every time somebody wants to do something, I always ask them a simple question. Why are you doing it? If you can explain to me why you are doing something, and I agree with the why, we may not agree with the method, but we will agree with the purpose. And most of us start doing things without knowing our why. And that's where problems usually start. You have to have a why. As a matter of fact, our theme for this year is why. Our overall theme for this year is why. We have to be conscious of why we do what we do. Let me, let me try and explain it in a, in a kind of simple way. This is what he said. Look at what he says in John, 3 John chapter 1, verse 4. I find it interesting that the beloved apostle John 
called. He says, I have no greater joy to hear that my children are walking in the truth. He didn't say they were walking in unity. He didn't say they were walking in love. He didn't say they were walking in unity. He says, I find no greater joy that they're walking in the truth. He says, no greater joy to hear what? That the children are walking in truth, not love or unity. You see, ladies and gentlemen, love and unity will never bring truth, but truth will bring love and unity. It's the other way around. I'll show you what I mean. We, we, we need to go back to that scripture. I have no greater joy. Listen to me. If you and I agree that what we want to do is good, it's perfect, it's wonderful, we can argue and argue over methodology. One of the things I like about methodology is that it can fail. But what you are doing it for doesn't end because you failed in your methods. However, if you are arguing over methodology, the minute the methodology fails, I'm going to do a little bit more of this in the second service. I'm going to spend a little more time. I'm going to divert from my, from my sermon this morning. There's something I wanted to teach here that I'm not sure I will. But I want you to notice something here. There is a ministry to the saints. There's a ministry to the saints. To the saints. To the saints. He has gave some apostles, prophets, servants, Pastors, teachers, equipping, the work, equipping them for the work of the ministry. There's a ministry. That's what we here do. We minister to the saints. Are you listening to me? Why? Because the, minister, the, the saints themselves have a ministry. Okay? I'm, I'm going to show you quickly because I want, this is for second service. There is a ministry of the saints. There's a ministry to the saints. There is a ministry of the saints. I'm going to explain that in the network service if I can. But let me go back and explain something to you. I need to explain this. And I'll tell you why. We, 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 I've been in ministry now maybe 20 years. So I'm not a child when it comes to ministry. I want you to understand that. I didn't start yesterday. But I remember one of the first assignments I was given in Jesus' embassy was to run a program called Davidic Praise. I, I, I'm not a singer. I'm not a musician. I don't know anything about music. I remember I met Soji. That was my first time of meeting uh, Engineer Soji. It was about that time. They gave me an assignment to run. And as a matter of fact, in that, in that meeting, I remember there was a guy from England or so, I can't remember his name, who, who prophesied to me that I was going to work in the music ministry. And I, and I thought he was the greatest... It was, it was, I just thought this guy has missed it. What am I doing with music? Then I found out my first assignment in church was to run Davidic praise. I'm not a singer. And so we'll come together. I remember the first Davidic praise. It was fantastic. We brought this singer from Lagos. And for two hours, we were praising and worshiping God. The next one, the pastor insisted that we use a video called uh, Lift Him Up, um, Don Ron, Can Ron Canoli. Yeah. It was a disaster because I rebelled. I said, no, we shouldn't use a video. We shouldn't dance to a video. I think that's ridiculous. That's me. And I was wrong to have rebelled against the pastor. I wasn't wrong that we shouldn't dance to a video, but I was wrong to have rebelled against the pastor. So I affected the service. The speakers blew. Not only me, we were plenty. Plenty sinners in the service that day. But they finally handed over the video praise to me, and I got confused, and I didn't know what to do. And I thought to myself, isn't it amazing that you come together and you have no expectation? 
God is too big to be captured. And God said to me, I am too big to be captured in one service. What I need you to do is find aspects of me you want to focus on, and I will teach you. And that's how I started developing themes for the Davidic praise. It will be today, the holiness of God. Tomorrow it will be, you know, the, the, the grace of God. Next week will be the mercy of God. It could be something. And I began to grow. Now, when I became pastor, I realized something, that you can come through church for one year and not grow. Because there is no deliberate curriculum. And I'm going to show you a clip of a video in the second service that this is the problem. In this church, we follow themes. And there is a reason why we follow themes. You see, God is a God of process. You need to have certain things in your, in your arsenal that you may not know when you are going to need it. Am I making sense? And so what we try to do for you is pass you through a year. This year, we're talking about values. And there's a reason why we're talking about values. In the beginning, we said, don't be afraid to be different. Provide outstanding service. This month, we're talking about team building. How are you going to work as a team? What we're drawing is depositing things in your life that you may not know that you need. But one day, when your opportunity comes, you would have been prepared for it. But what are we preparing you for? That's the question you should be asking. I talked about grace and mercy, and I was so glad last week that the guest minister spoke about God's grace. He spoke a lot about God's grace. As a matter of fact, from the beginning, when he started talking about it, opened up his mouth, it was for one purpose, grace. And listen to me, and I thought to myself, what's the purpose of God's grace so that you can be happy? No. God said to the Egyptians, to the Israelites, when they brought them out of Egypt, he said, see how I have borne you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, God's grace has a purpose to serve others, to be a blessing in our community, to change our community, to do something for other people. We have become a self-centered, selfish people that at the moment we're living at the lower end of our blessings. Because we forget that God's grace has a purpose in our lives. Let me say this. You may not believe me. If you have a financial problem, and if you have a problem with finances, and you help somebody with their finances, your financial needs will be taken care of. You will solve your problem. We fail to see that there is a place. I remember I used to watch those Benihin meetings. There's this woman, there's one or two women who will volunteer to help Benihin bring out people who are healed, bring them up to the stage or help him pray for them. And I remember one lady got up one day, she was helping a woman up the stage, praying for her. As soon as the woman got her healing, she escorted the woman to the stage to show the woman to Benihin. Benihin, look at, she's been healed. Then she suddenly noticed that she, she, she had become healed. She didn't, she, that wasn't what her intention was. Do you know our concept when I'm all right, I will help people. That's what Joseph thought. Joseph said, oh, when he named his children, because we name our children according to our circumstances. Joseph says, oh my God. Oh my God. I've been delivered. Number two, now I have prospered. And when his father wanted to bless the children, he reversed it. He said, no. It's because you were fruitful. That's why you became delivered. 
when a woman is pregnant, she doesn't pray for deliverance. She prays for what? Fruit. You and I have roles to play. And everything we teach you from church, think about it, it's a system. It's to bring you somewhere. But people still don't understand it. It's not for you. It's not to end with you because you have a ministry out there. Listen to me, guys. It's has happened to me three, four times. When you go to, let's say, Gwaleutke's church, to see him, you will jump over hoops. I'm not, I'm not absolutely sure about this one, but I'm just giving it as an example. You jump over hoops at one PA. We tell you, go and sit down there. I'm not sure somebody I wrote an article that he spent six hours waiting to see <laughs> Bishop Oyedepo. Six hours, three times, trying to see Bishop Oyedepo. And he didn't succeed. So he went around doing his ministry and became very successful. He said they met the bishop at the airport. And the bishop said, my son! <laughs> he had become fruitful. <laughs> he now became his son. <laughs> Nobody's waiting. So, so you, you have to jump through hoops to see these people. And I get to the embassy. Or we're at the British, we're in the airport. Or we're at immigration in London. No airs, no PA. It's just you. Walking in front. Listen to me. We are only big men in our, do- in our domain. We are only big men. I'm only pastor. People come and carry my bag. When, you know when I went yesterday to a program, they were trying to carry my iPad. I thought they wanted to steal it. They wanted to carry my I said, no, 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 it's mine. <laughs> you know? But this is the problem. Unless they can carry that iPad to my bedroom, I'm fooling myself to think that's me. But when I make an impact out there in the city, I remember there was a day this young lady was looking for a visa to go to America. And they were giving her trouble. Then she remembered her uncle was Wale Shoinka. She made a phone call. Uncle, they are frustrating me at the embassy. Wale Shoinka wrote a letter with his pen on letter-headed paper. And she took it to the embassy. And that afternoon, they gave her her visa. Being a choir leader... Being the pastor in charge, being whatever you want to do, it's nothing except you are touching the world out there. But we can't touch the world if we're not equipped. And the church is here to equip you. Not for you to sit down and come Sunday after Sunday being fed. And doing absolutely nothing to it or channeling it always to your prosperity and your breakthrough. And you know the funny thing? The devil keeps you running in circles trying to have your needs met so that you have no time to have God's needs met. It's the simplest strategy in the world. You have a problem? You don't have a child? Ah, good, go and pray. You don't have money? Go and pray. You don't do this? Go and fast? Go and do it. Just sends us on different jobs and assignments. And we end up not doing what we're called to do. My prayer this morning is this. Listen to me. Is you will understand what this is all about. Amen? And realize that we have a responsibility out there to change the world. I'm going to spend second service doing that. I just wanted to give you a taste of it. So that you know that everything we do is specific and strategic. I'm not a genius. But I've learned over the years that people need to be equipped. Now, if you ever listen to testimony, people come back to this church. Listen to, there's a common string in them. They always say to me, Pastor, it's what you taught us five years ago, what you taught us ten years ago. 
that we're using that's still keeping us going. Well, we teach you. I'm teaching about teamwork now. It's entering some years now and coming out of some. Some, it's entering in and they'll go out and start to become form teams to become successful. Would you have problems when you form teams? Yes. Would you fail? Yes. Be ready for all that. That's just life. No big deal. No big deal. But when you get it right, the rewards outweigh all the risks. I pray you see your way through. Pastor.